Hey guys, it's Derek. We're back on the podcast. And this week, as promised, we are here with part two of John and I's conversation around all things CrossFit and that it, all of the chaos that ensued during the month of June, as well as the current and future state of the fitness industry and all kinds of rabbit holes along the way. So I hope you guys enjoyed part one. We are coming at you again here with part two. And just like I had mentioned last week, there is a ton of information and things that you can take with you and apply to your health, fitness, and nutrition journey. So without further ado, let's get into part two. You know, on Rose's live that he did and, and the messages that Dave was putting out there, he seems to be interested in obviously growing the brand, but also investing back into the game side of things and using that platform to promote the methodology itself. Very similar to what you saw back in 2016, 17, 18, when, you know, the games was on live TV and we were putting out these incredibly well-produced 60 second commercials showing life inside the affiliate and showing transformations and the entire atmosphere that's associated with it. And so I think that's really promising and really interesting because even though CrossFit isn't about the games and what happens in the affiliates isn't what happens at the games and isn't how you need to train at, at that level, it's still in a huge platform to reach a lot of people. Agreed. Agreed. And I think, you know, we talked earlier about years past and uh, CrossFit's position against detractors or people who, you know, disagreed with, you know, even a, a small um, point of theirs. I think, ironically, CrossFit ended up silencing themselves when they changed the format of the games and eliminated this huge opportunity, this massive national global platform to promote the message, you know, no less do all of the other things that come with running a show like the games, the financial benefit to the organization and to the community at large, uh, you know, the exposure. So, you know, I don't know, I don't know anything about the, the future of the brand uh, or, or what, what to expect. I'll tell you what I hope for. I hope that I hope that CrossFit can return to, to its roots. Uh, I, I hope, you know, and, and we're going to get into a whole programming discussion about what's happening at the, <laughs> that can be level. a separate That's, episode. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be a podcast number three yeah, for yeah. us is how, uh, how to program appropriately at your, at your affiliate. Um, but you know, return to some of these pillars that made the organization great to begin with. Here's what, and it's all in the, it's all contained in the level one, right? Here's our definition of CrossFit constantly, very functional movement executed at high intensity. Here's our definition of fitness. This is what we expect in nutrition. This is our ethos in terms of technique. This is how we want to uh, program gyms uh, to say nothing of, of the coaching. Uh, I hope that Rosa and team are able to, return to the pillars contained in the level one and, and use them to promote the community. That's one. Two, I hope that in that same spirit, this, uh, and as you and I were talking about before, uh, before getting on here, you, you know, now in this COVID era, folks are doing what they have to do, outdoor workouts, park workouts, this grassroots initiative, um, to, to use that term that's been thrown around CrossFit for years and years. The other side of that, and, and we saw it last weekend with the level one in Atlanta and these, the scholarship program, but there's a huge amount of outreach that can be done at the global, national, and affiliate level to underserved uh, and underprivileged communities. I, I know it's out there. Steve's Club in New Jersey was one of the first, if not the first to do it years ago. Uh, when you and I were in uh, when you and I were in Massachusetts, I believe the, there was an organization kind of loosely tied to CrossFit called inner city weightlifting. And I mm -hmm. actually think they came through, they came through Reebok CrossFit one, yeah. uh, once, um, you know, there's, 
kids programs. I, I'm, I'm a, you know, if, if only in, uh, you know, the way I describe myself, a, a child advocate, um, it, it's, it, I think, you know, one of the most important things you can do is speak for people who can't speak for themselves uh, and children certainly fit that. Uh, so there's a, a huge amount of work that can be done in that arena. So using their platform to reach, reach these communities um, and actually not just reach them, but serve them in a way that helps, uh, helps these individuals uh, in and of themselves and promotes the brand. And I think, you know, the other two things I hope for the CrossFit certification and training department is bar none, the best in the industry. Second place is not even close, not even close. Not We're even. not having the same conversation. Um, you know, and I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to step on anyone who, who has a certification and in functional fitness or anywhere else, I mean, but we both do. Yeah, exactly. We, we do for sure. Uh, but no one's doing it like CrossFit. No. no one has the education, the accreditation, um, the passion and the enthusiasm for what they do. than the, uh, the training and, and certification department. And maybe that's, you know, not entirely fair to say, I'm sure there's a lot of passionate, uh, enthusiastic people outside of CrossFit, but I've been in this industry, as we said, for almost two decades, and I can categorically and competently tell you that CrossFit certification and training is, is the best. And I really hope that that can continue to grow and serve the industry, serve the trainers, uh, in the industry. And finally, the, the games, um, I, as, as we said, just at the very beginning here, it's an enormous platform. It's an enormous opportunity. Uh, the season was extremely well run and well organized before the changes to the sanctional format. Um, we were, they were using, they were using the, the CrossFit games platform to promote, as you said, what was happening inside of affiliates, um, and you know, it, it didn't need to be one or the other. I think we, we could feed both of these uh, heads of the company at the same time, local fitness, uh, worldwide athletics. Uh, and so I, I hope that, honestly, I hope, I hope the games and the, and the game season returns to what it was. I, I hope, I don't know how feasible regionals is. Um, you know, I, I don't know how tough of an operation that was to pull off. I know from the little I heard, it was pretty challenging, but, but it'd be great. It'd be great to have the, the open back in the beginning of the year, which is obviously looking more and more likely given COVID, uh, but to have a, a qualifying season that, that makes sense. And then this, you know, this big promoted uh, visible event in the games to, to continue to push the brand up. Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you said. And I think just to touch on a few of the things that you did say, and then maybe ask a couple questions as well. Uh, I'll start with the credentials first, the training department. You and I both know, cause we've been through it and then you were on staff as well, but what you say couldn't be more spot on second place is so far off. It's not even, like you said, it's not even close. I mean, we, I have my CSCS, you, you have your additional certifications and I can easily say that yes, the CSCS is, I can't even talk. The CSCS exam was difficult, but it was just an exam. All you had to do was study and memorize. Like, yes, maybe there were a couple of videos in there where you had to analyze something, but that was really it. There was no additional follow-up. There's no education out there aside from what you're getting in university classes and maybe a couple bullshit continuing ed programs, but no one is doing it like CrossFit. No one is teaching you how to coach, not even at the collegiate level. They're not teaching interns how to coach. They're teaching their interns how to fucking clean the equipment and basically manage groups. No one's teaching you how to cue. No one's teaching you how to teach C correct all of these things be, you know, to educate, inspire, and entertain. None of that's happening anywhere else. And so, you know, I hang very much like you probably do. I hang my hat on the fact that I have my level three and you with your level four, and I'm proud of that certification. And everything that's happened in the last two months, that put all that in jeopardy in a way. And it's something that 
I never want to see because I know how well it's done. I know how much work it took to get there. And I don't want that to lose its value or become less credible in any way. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, personally, I'd, I'd said to Steph at the time, just before all this started happening, I was in the process of submitting my uh, renewal for my level four. And I, you know, I said to Steph on more than one occasion uh, that, you know, it just expressed her how, how important this is to me. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, you can make the argument that, you know, you shouldn't hang your accomplishments on a credential, but the credential to me is, is an expression of my career. It's an expression of the, uh, the energy that I've put into it and in the education that I've received for CrossFit. And you said it perfectly there. And I think this is what, what folks certainly outside the CrossFit world uh, do not understand, uh, but it's un, it's, it's irrefutable. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to have this debate with anyone who believes otherwise. Every other certification, it, it's just letters. It's just, it's literally a key code to, and I don't, you, know, I'm, you know, I'm not taking anything away from the folks who are CSCS in here, but if we're being honest, CSCS unlocks a lot of opportunities that no other avenue would unlock. And for some folks anyway, that's why they pursue it. They want to work in a collegiate setting, work with professional athletes. Having those letters gives you opportunity, but it doesn't give you education. Certainly it doesn't give you the level of education that any of the CrossFit uh, levels provide level one, two, three, four, the specialty seminars, because as you said, these are courses that are designed to teach teachers. And, you know, in the rare instances these days where I'm describing my time on staff, it's exactly how I describe it. I coached coaches, trained trainers, taught teachers. Uh, and it's, it's brutally sad. Uh, but also undeniable that the greatest resource that the, certainly the fitness community has, and maybe the training community in general, the greatest resource that they have in CrossFit is also the one that's the least recognized. It's the one that has, in my opinion, the only appropriate accreditation, <laughs> but it's a barrier to entry if you want to work anywhere else but an affiliate which is fucking crazy yeah because again second place is not close we are not having the conversation it's not even apples and oranges it's like apples it's like apples and, well and tonka trucks yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly we're not it's not even we're not even talking about two foods yeah okay and uh so i really I mean, gosh, again, talking about things we hope for, if there's, if there's a hope I have for, for CrossFit, the brand and the community, it's that the certification and training department can increase their influence uh, and, their, and their presence and continue to change minds, uh, and in particular, the minds of people who um, either don't believe in, in what they're doing or, it, you know, and then if that's the case, it's just because they're not paying attention. Yeah. No, I mean... I like what you said there, because I look at the CSS exactly what you described it. It gives you opportunity to get into different arenas of strength and conditioning or just fitness in general. But if I didn't have, if I hadn't gone through my level one, two, and three, I would have never been able to coach at the collegiate setting that I was able to for that year at the University of Pittsburgh, because I wouldn't have known how to handle a group. I wouldn't have known how to properly instruct athletes. I wouldn't have known how to see all these mechanical errors that are occurring and, you know, safely, efficiently, effectively train those athletes. It would have been impossible because the CSCS and the NSCA and any other four combination of letters you can come up with out there for an accrediting organization, they're not teaching you those things. They're not teaching you anything about instruction. They're teaching you how, just like the university does, teaching you how to memorize and regurgitate, but that's not going to help you become a better coach. That's not going to help you land a job. I wish, like you said, 
I almost have to defend the fact that I have CFL3 after my name when I apply for a different job or, or go speak to somebody or someone looks at my Instagram. Whereas it's like, that's fucking bullshit. You should look at that. It should be known that when you see those letters, whether it's a level three or a level four, that they've gone through the work. They put in the time. They were taught how to actually educate individuals and train individuals, not just took a weekend cert and happened to get those initials after their name. When people, when people call and, and it happens all the time, everywhere, when people lower the, the level one, uh, yeah, I'm speaking of mostly to a quote unquote weekend cert, it's, it's repulsive and beyond insulting as someone who, who worked in that environment and to the people I know who are still on the ground doing that job. It's, it's, uh, it, and it's, it's ignorant. Um, I, I think if, if nothing else, and if, if you're telling me that showing up for two days, understanding a methodology, getting an opportunity to coach work out amongst your peers is, or shouldn't be the standard for, for other organizations, then you either don't know what you're talking about, you're a liar or both. Uh, and I would just say that to, to those folks, this is another podcast, man, I'm fired up. But, I know we're getting deep on this one. I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, it's, it's so important that, 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 that we use our platforms and our voice to, to prop this up because nothing is happening in the industry like it. Um, and, and, you know, to the detractors or the people who just don't believe show up, yeah. do it. I mean, it's, it's not cheap by any means, but if you have a, you know, if you have a skin in the game, if you have skin in the game, then, then go and do it, climb the levels, yeah. go take, take your weekend, your quote unquote weekend cert at the level one, then go back for your level two, then study for your level three. And that shit will knock you on your ass. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't care, you know, the, the level three compared to the CSCS, again, we are not having the same oh, conversation. Yeah. We're not talking about the same thing. I um, remember, and, go ahead. No, that's, that's, that, that, was, I was, that was, I was just going to say, I remember taking both and it was not even a comparison. I mean, I left the CSCS thinking, okay, I passed. I left the level three thinking, holy shit, I'm going to have to take that again. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, every CrossFit course I've taken, uh, you know, at, at that level, I've left, you know, at least once across the weekend or in the process, I've thought, well, I'm the worst coach, coach ever. I don't, I don't, I don't deserve to have this career or this, yeah. this job, be responsible for the well-being of other people. Uh, yeah. But it's what makes you better. Yeah, it's what makes you better. And I'm fired up too, because I could, I'm literally thinking about my time at Pitt and, initially walking into that office and having to sit there in front of three assistant strength coaches at a D one power five school and explain that my CrossFit experience is more valuable than anything else on their resumes. And that I have more than enough skill to take these groups and run them through their programs and to create their programs. And it wasn't until I actually got on the floor and I had to legit go out there and crush it and prove to them that all of that time and all of that effort I put in made me a better coach or at least a more effective coach than they even were when they were sitting there criticizing me, you know, the weeks before. And it's just one of those things that it's just ridiculous that CrossFit has this state, those credentials have that stigma with it of, oh, well, you just have CrossFit experience or like, oh, all you've done is CrossFit when right. you and I both know like we'll get out there on the floor and fucking crush any other coach who's only been in the private sector or the, the collegiate sector. Yeah. Bring it. That's the other thing, you know, let's, let, let's, let's go. Let's find out. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's see what you got, man. Um, we should, we should have a, uh, a show where we just find the most arrogant CSCS certified <laughs> coaches out there. Like these, these diehards, football strength conditioning coaches and all this shit and just bring them on and just debate. Oh, I, I'm, I'm in. And then do live coaching sessions. 
and just heckle each other. Let's do it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm all about that. I, you know, don't, don't, don't tell me, show me. Yeah. And um, I don't want people to think we're being arrogant either. We're just expressing frustration in the lack of respect that the time and effort is, is receiving. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm glad you said that because on the ground day to day here, if, you know, if you know me at all, you know, I pretty much hate my guts. Uh, and I'm always <laughs> try, try, trying to find a better way to, to do whatever it is I'm doing and, and, and specifically coaching. Um, yeah. And we by no every, means think we're the best coaches either. There are plenty of coaches that are way better than me that do things way more effectively. And you, I know you'll say the same for yourself. So that's not the point. The point is just right. that the training department is incredible and that it deserves more respect than it's gaining right now. And to keep us back on track so we don't just rant about this for another 30 minutes, the other (laughs) thing that I wanted to touch on that you mentioned with CrossFit returning to its roots and hoping that occurs, my question to you is, because I agree, I think it would be awesome to see, but do you think it's possible? Do you think that there's still space in the industry to have that sort of vibe, to have those sort of affiliates that have that raw sort of inclusive, exclusive type feel to them? Or has that time passed and now we need to find a different way to implement that same feeling, but do it in a new way? One of the things that, that Greg Glassman provided with the CrossFit program, and especially in the beginning of the program, was an ethos of doing the basics well. When you think you've mastered the air squat, start again. When you think you've mastered anything, start again. And I think in this case, if we think we've mastered CrossFit, we should start again. We should start back at, you know, as I said earlier, a lot of these, uh, you know, pillars that are contained, neatly contained in the, in the level one, uh, but beyond that into benchmark workouts and community programs and in-gym programs. Uh, I think, I think there's a need for that, honestly. And, and, you know, currently I'm coaching at a group of functional fitness gyms who do not do CrossFit. Their program does not resemble CrossFit. Um, They do an exceptional job at, at what they do at the space that they occupy. And from a career perspective, you know, I'm incredibly happy that I found them. I mentioned that because just about everywhere else you see non-CrossFit functional fitness type, type gyms, the first thing these people do is advertise themselves as not CrossFit. There's a gym down the road here who has a sandwich board out in front of their gym, and it says not a CrossFit gym, <laughs> even though as we reminded you know, the world earlier, they built their, they built their back, they built their program on CrossFit's back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I think if there's a way to return to or reinvent some of the original brand identity, uh, you know, it, it can do, it can do nothing but help area gyms continue to distinguish themselves from competitors who are bent on shitting on CrossFit uh, instead of collaborating with them or calling themselves what they are. Yeah. No, I agree. I think, and I was going back and forth on this question myself. I think it is possible to implement those things. I don't know if it'll be in the exact same way, but I think there's a way to do it and a way to bring back the sort of like the valor that was associated with it, especially back when you started. And then when I got into it later on, because that's why, and that, I think that's why it grew so fast back then, right? Is that it was a, a legit culture. It wasn't diluted in any way. It wasn't industrialized in any way. It was 100% exclusive. It had a vernacular that only you in the community would recognize. You had a demeanor about yourself. You know, the classic, like all you talked about was CrossFit, but all that shit drew in hundreds of thousands if not millions of people within that 2012 to 2018 era and got us to that 15,000 affiliate mark like 
that what something that was going on during that time was working and there's got to be a way to bring that back in and maybe it looks different but there's got to be something from that era that we can reintroduce now to get us back to on the right track i hope so i hope so and i you know i hope i hope it's simple that it's you know certainly will have some layer of complexity um and you know in my mind it, it remains promotion of of the brand crossfit itself and everything that it's always stood for and you know i appreciate the inclusivity and the shift to involve older populations and a migration towards a more research-oriented operation but the best part of crossfit and the reason why the brand grew so much is because of the people it's you know because of the people doing workouts and the social capital of shared suffering which a lot of people have talked about before before us here today but is an undeniable uh, an undeniable aspect of what makes uh, the brand and and elements of the of the industry outside of crossfit so strong uh, especially now especially in this in this age where you know, we're being asked to distance from each other. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's being community oriented and people oriented that I think will, will help uh, CrossFit as, as much, if not more than anything else. Hell yeah. I got one last question here before we move into the next topic. It just popped yeah. into my head here. Do you think this is just kind of like a, a hypothetical situation or scenario. Do you think that if back when all of this started, back when CrossFit started gaining momentum and really started to expand early on, do you think the affiliate model was the right way to go? Do you think they should have went the franchise model and built the brand in that way? Do you think it would have still gotten the traction and grown? Obviously not to the number of affiliates because not enough people have the capital to do that. But do you think it still would have gained the momentum and the popularity and established itself as one of the leaders in the industry, if not the leader, if it had gone that route? Great question. And my instinct is no, that, that meaning that it was the affiliate model and not a franchise model that made the brand, that, that grew the brand's success in the way that, that we've seen. And I'm not a, I'm not an economist, um, uh, not a corporate shill. I'm just, you know, someone who's had some experience here. And in that experience, I think that if you compare what happens at the affiliate level to other franchise model, not even necessarily in fitness, but uh, I mean, if we stay in fitness and you look today at, uh, well, what today is at 45, Orange Theory, berries, uh, berries Soul Cycle, uh, yep, Soul Cycle, and then commercial gyms, Anytime Fitness, Twenty Four Hour Golds. You know, those. Um, I, I think those models really preclude the franchisees' ability to serve their community because they're doing it in a box. They're doing it in a box that someone has, meaning they're, they're doing it within a framework that someone else has decided is appropriate for everyone. And we know how you and I have, you know, we've, we've traveled a lot uh, in this, in this industry. We've worked for a few different places. Way uh, too many. Different yeah, maybe, maybe too many. Uh, but, you know, we've been able to do that and we've, been able to learn in those scenarios because each of those experiences have been, has been wildly different. Even though many of those experiences had the name CrossFit written over the door. Um, and, and I guess that goes back to the, the whole open source idea that was part of the original ethos of CrossFit. So, yeah, I think, I, I don't, I don't know that the affiliate model works perfectly, but I think it works better than the franchise model yeah. for sure. Yeah, I think I think anybody could argue pros and cons of both sides. The but really, like you said, I don't think it would have gotten to where it was. I think the only thing that the franchise model would have prevented was this kind of negative stigma that you get because you went to the wrong affiliate and had a bad experience, right? And then you step into another affiliate that probably runs 
an incredible experience, but because you already have that bad taste in your mouth, that preconceived notion is there. But aside from that, and that's almost impossible to to prevent unless you do run an, a franchise model, I think the affiliate model does have its advantages as long as it's executed well. Yeah, and as long as you you know you have the the belief and then there's the execution that the the brand itself has your best interests in right. mind or or understands what you're going through on a on a day to day basis. Yeah, I think that's really well said, and that's that's a point I I make a lot. Just you know talking to folks who are interested in CrossFit or have had experiences and had bad experiences with CrossFit. You know, everybody's doing it a little bit differently. So certainly now in an era of 15,000 affiliates, we'll say as a consumer, you a need to be willing to look for the right spot for the right CrossFit gym, uh, try out different communities. Um, and in some cases you need to know what to look for, um, which is a little bit harder to do, of course. Yeah. But yeah, I, that's, that's, that's well said. I like what you just said there though, too, about knowing what to look for. Cause I don't think that's something that anybody talks about, but I think could help so many people in finding the right community and finding a credible, knowledgeable, experienced group of coaches that are going to take care of you and have your best interest at heart. I mean, I talk to people all the time that are traveling and are looking for recommendations and they ask me how I pick out affiliates when I'm moving around. And obviously you and I know kind of what to look for as coaches, but no one's out there explaining that to their members, explaining that to their community and then that is how you end up with, you know, the gym that hasn't mopped its floor in a month where the equipment's in a fucking pile in the corner and there's no toilet paper in the bathroom and you need to shower the minute you walk out of the gym. And yeah. it's unfortunate that people end up in that position, but you're right. You got to know what to look for. And there are definitely, for as many shitty coaches and affiliates there are out there in any, in any arena, not just CrossFit, you're going to have just as many good ones. So you really just have to take the time, like you said, to find those people and those affiliates. Yeah. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's a road that HQ could take is, you know, though, though, I don't know, maybe that's a slippery slope to, for, for the brand itself to start a list of criteria. Yeah, start polarizing now, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess <laughs> not. And then, yeah, maybe that's, maybe we that's can do not, that. not the best way to do it. We yeah, you and I can do it and we can do it. That'll be another you know, episode too. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go to the uh, gym I, that that fucking trainer's handle is Boulder Shoulder Bob, who just wants to fucking get you shredded, right? That's number one. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's number one. Look at you know one. Don't go to a gym that's programmed you know four or five different workouts for the day. You know, don't. <laughs> that's go to a gyms whole other who, whole other rabbit hole right there. Yeah, yeah, who, yeah. Who, who don't know your name or make an effort to? I mean, it's just standards that we would apply to ourselves socially or privately yep. in any other setting. We just need to do the same thing when we're looking for a gym. There you go. Well, all that said about CrossFit and how we've talked and we mentioned earlier that CrossFit has kind of permeated in the entire fitness industry and has shaped it into what it is today. Like, what are you seeing right now? If you're following anything aside from the gyms you're working at in the entire industry, like what has changed? Do you see any, new operations or changes in logistics or even marketing and member um, member retention strategies or just customer acquisition, anything like that. What have you seen differently since all of this pandemic stuff started? Oh, okay. Since the pandemic. Wow. Um, I'm going to not answer your question first and tell you that before the pandemic, that answer would have been marketing. Uh, unequivocally, mm -hmm. um, you, you know, something that absolutely did not happen uh, 10 years ago, but something that is, is necessary today. Um, now, I mean, I mean, you, you know me, I don't, I don't really look up very, very much. I'm not so engaged <laughs> on, on social media. Um, you know, these, these, Dude, what are you talking uh, about? You posted twice last year. <laughs> Yeah, three times actually. <laughs> oh, three you. times. Three times. Yeah, three times. Um, I, I think, well, at least around here in some of these other, like we were just saying, I, um, man, gosh, 
gosh, that's a tough question. Like, what do you see some gyms doing that are successful? Like anybody who's hosting these outdoor workouts, like, Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. 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 Well, there's, there's that. I mean, I, I think the, the gyms who are, who are successful now, um, are doing the little things well. Um, and, you know, I, I think from an owner operator perspective, a lot of things that would otherwise otherwise be considered a nuisance or, or trivial. And, and, uh, you know, I think it was just Sherwood who said it, I think it was Sherwood, not, not Chuck said good movement is obvious to everyone. Um, well, I think good ownership, good gym operations are obvious to everyone as well. Um, and so you have now the, the, uh, the folks who are, uh, just, you know, opening their doors and making things work, but not really doing anything to, to try to keep their members safe. And then you have those who are doing those little things. Well, the, you know, safety is, and being safety conscious, conscious in this era is really important. And it's important, I think, in a way that you don't, you know, members aren't necessarily going to tell you straight out um, that they, they want this, they want workout zones, they want cleaning materials, they want appropriate spacing, they want the coach to tell them which door to run out of and which door to come in. Um, so, and, and you see a, a lot of versions between those two poles, but uh, the ones who will survive are the ones who uh, are, are showing their attention to these details. And I think that goes um, back to, you know, something you and I certainly used to hear a lot of uh, years ago from some folks we work with. Uh, it shows their care. You know, it's, it's gyms who care are obvious to everyone, mm-hmm. um, as are the, 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 ones, the ones who don't, who are just, you know, going through the motions. Yeah, I think, I think that's spot on. I think that, at least what I've seen around our area, specifically the gym that we go to. And then what I've been following kind of just on social media, the gyms that are staying alive, that are doing well and potentially even growing uh, amidst this are doing those things. Well, they've taken the time necessary to install procedures that are going to enhance the experience. Not, not even necessarily the safety. Obviously that's the intent, but I think you have to take it from safety to experience and make it so the experience is what stands out to the people and they'll then see that it's safe. You know, highlight the experience portion. And even though you have to be distanced, you need to probably not share equipment. You need to have all your cleaning supplies and all of those things. If you're doing it really well, no one's paying attention to those things. No one feels the awkwardness or the restraint or anything that might be going on that you've taken the time to make sure isn't as obvious or isn't as apparent, those are the people who are doing really well. I mean, even where we go, yes, a few things could be done better, but overall, I think people feel safe. I think they see, you know, we're not letting them clean the equipment. Like we're going out and cleaning it all. So they know it's being done well and they see it being done between every class and that's the kind of stuff I think right now that's going to not only keep members, but is going to bring people to you either during this, this quarantine and the social distancing era or immediately after when other gyms are closing their doors. Because as you and I know, people talk word of mouth is really powerful, especially in your hyper local communities. And that's, what's going to lead to, to you being the gym that still has its doors open when the next three down the block have closed, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And to that end, I, you know, I think that the, the measures I see a lot of gyms taking, um, including the ones that I work for or Steph's gym and, and many, many others, they're ultimately going to make these gyms, uh, they're, they're going to help the operation of these places. And I know from an operator, from the, from an operator's end, the fact that you used to be able to, to fit 30 people in your space and now you can only fit 13 in your space is, is an issue, um, for sure, for sure. And it's going to change the way a lot of gyms are, are forced to do business, but experientially, and we're talking about how functional fitness, how CrossFit itself continues to evolve and grow, having, having some controls in place, um, I think will, will go a long way. 
Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to touch on that initially was the was that less people per class and the more structure actually improves the experience, which is what you ended up getting to there. Uh, but yeah, obviously it's a problem from operational capacity standpoint, revenue standpoint, but I think it does show a lot of places like, holy shit, if we're just a little more organized in our approach and in our, our execution of things, like look at this class. I mean, we have 15 people. They're all facing the same direction. All the fucking rowers are in line with each other. Like the, they're safe distance apart. They're, you know, like everyone's on the clock because it keeps me more. And all that stuff is so much better than the Humpty Dumpty bullshit that you see at a lot of these gyms where half of the half of the group is over there doing the Samson stretch while you got Jackie doing her barbell warm up and Sally over in the corner feeding her kid. Like, like there needs to be more consistency. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe that's, you know, that in that same way, that's a positive that can come out of this is maybe within these gyms where there was some, uh, uh, I don't want to say cast system, even though that's what I've used to describe it in the past, but you know, you have folks who are there to get fit folks who are there to, to fucking train and, 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 achieve something greater, there's no more, there's less time for that now. And so everybody has to come back together, hopefully in a way that describes the original, the original CrossFit way or the original functional fitness way. Yeah. I think you're right too. I think that it almost has to happen because now, especially like, okay, so here's what was happening or what the plan is for eventually when we get back with orange theories, they have it set up very structured and they're providing time in between classes to make sure all this cleaning and stuff is happening. But it's not like it used to be. Like, you're not allowed to just chill in the lobby and hang out and bullshit. Like, it's a system now. It is a, you know, it's a business. You're, it's a model that you're coming in. It's a very specific purpose. We're going to get you fit. We're going to get you out of there. And you're going to go on with the rest of your day. And yes, it's great to have the social interactions and whatnot. But it's become like this efficiency thing where now they're going to be cranking through and yes, it's less classes, but the experience is still there and people are still getting what they want. And in these CrossFit gyms, it's going to be the exact same way, but maybe it will get back to what we used to see happen all the time, where if you are that group who is pursuing more quote unquote competitive goals or pursuing performance goals, Maybe you do start showing up 15 minutes early again, like you used to back in the day, and going into the spare space in the back and going through your warm up or whatever the hell you needed to do, instead of being the douche in the corner who is doing your own thing while the coach is trying to explain how to air squat to the rest of the group, and you're over there doing snatch balance in your lifters, right? Like, right, right do those yeah. things, pursue those goals. But like you said, the class needs to come together as well. So do those things before and after don't try to incorporate it in, or don't try to scale up the workout, you know, just do what the coach is providing, do what's on the board. Like it's there for a reason. It's going to get you fit. The group is going to have a better time. If you're not the polarizing person or the polarizing group of people in the back. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, yeah, maybe, I mean, of probably a few, if any, uh, bright spots from what's happening yeah. globally right now is that, you know, at least in terms of local fitness that we can return to some sort of, um, egalitarian way where yeah. we're, you know, we're back to all being there together, you know, because, you know, we just want to get fit. We want to hang out high five, well, maybe not high five, very high five. <laughs> Um, the high five and, will and make a return. Time. I have faith. It will come back. It's just going to take some yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so too. It'll well, just be elbows and fist bumps until then. I had somebody tell me the other day, they don't think we'll ever shake hands again. I was like, dude, get your head out of your ass. And uh, next <laughs> year you're going to be shaking hands. Come on. Dude, yesterday I had, a, I had so, someone, she, she I, I met her in class and um you know introduced myself and she stuck out her hand and i fucking shook it yeah it's like oh yeah that's not Let's going away hands. like get out of here she's <laughs> yeah. so man all right well we kind of touched on this already but in terms of moving forward with fitness like the future of the fitness industry do you think that the we can talk specifically about affiliates since that's kind of the the road we're on with this crossfit subject do you think that 
people are going to start changing their model? Do you think that affiliates need to pivot just a little bit in order to ensure that they are on track with the changes that are going on in the industry? Like, do you think more affiliates are going to offer personal training or small group training? Do you think that more affiliates are going to push toward hybrid models where there's a lot of virtual presence and brick and mortar presence? Do you think that virtual fitness in general, online fitness is going to start to be more of a player and take over some of the sector? You know, what, what do you think some of those trends might be moving forward? Yeah, I think, well, on, on the one hand, just in terms of the day-to-day -day operations as it relates to COVID, I think if folks aren't adapting, regardless of your position on the, the, the virus, the politiz politicization of it. Yeah. That's um, a good word. I don't, I didn't even or, know that was a word. Yeah. Or, <laughs> uh, you know, your, your, your mask wearing preferences, if you're not adjusting, uh, to this, to, to this trend or no, it's not a trend. It's, this is real life. If you're not adjusting, then you will be left behind. There's, there's absolutely no doubt. It's, it's okay to fly that flag for a little while, uh, because right now a lot of people are pissed and rightly so, but in long game, it's, that's not a winning strategy. I think a winning strategy is what we've seen in terms of the virtual space, which was, you know, it was growing before this uh, by, you know, I, I think more established companies uh, maybe, but now, you know, we're seeing affiliates and, and other, other small business gyms putting out online programs in addition to what's happening in the gym uh, because you, you have to, just like you have to have these policies in place in terms of, uh, your procedure and cleanliness and, and COVID, you have to give your folks an option to not come to the gym uh, because a lot of people from day to day are, are not comfortable with that. Um, and if you're trying to force everybody's hands into the same pot, uh, it's, it's, it's not going to work. So I think you know, will continue to see a rise in virtual training. Um, and like anything else, we'll see folks who do it well and, and folks who don't. Um, and you know, it's my hope that in that same, uh, in that same process, we see the, um, we see a, a shift away from the influencer and back to some level of expertise and experience. If you're giving fitness instruction, advice, programming, exercise demos, uh, you know, it's just, just because you have an Instagram account doesn't mean uh, that you're a, a, a valuable resource. <laughs> and um, I hope that in this time, you know, we'll see more valuable resources than not. I love that you just brought that up. It's like, it's like you're reading our feed. Cause we just, I talk so much shit on all those people. I mean, literally when I mentioned Boulder shoulder, Bob earlier, that's like my Insta like character that I've made up boulder shoulder, Bob and energizer Ellen. Those are my two people. And yeah, I always grab those handles. <laughs> yeah. And I always talk about the lack of credibility and knowledge and experience and just straight up care for your well being. And yeah, I definitely hope we see that to a shift away from that in the virtual space and more towards credible sources. And I firmly believe that almost every significant player in this, in the space, any well established gym has to develop that virtual presence and a really clean virtual, very polished, not Zoom classes that are offered a couple times a day. I'm talking like what you see with Peloton and what even NC Fit is doing, where they're pre-recorded, edited, well-polished videos that sit in a library that you can access. And I think eventually it's going to get to a point where Stu Brower talks about this. It's going to be just like Barry's Bootcamp has. It's going to be an option immediately from the get-go. You're going to get on and one of the membership options is going to be hybrid or virtual, whatever you call it. You click a button and they send you shit to your house. Like they send you a, you know, a custom branded kettlebell, a set of TRX straps and maybe whatever other piece, a jump rope. Right. And that shit shows up at your door. I know that, uh, I think it's berries. They even send you a red light so that your living room looks like their studio, like with the wow. red backlight. 
And when companies start doing that and creating the experience in your living room and saying, hey, you can be a hybrid member, you train at your house three days a week, you come in here once or twice a week, and this is the, the price point, people are going to buy into that, I think, like crazy, especially if you're someone who's already invested in the equipment at your home during this time, because you're going to see the convenience of it as well. You're going to think, holy shit, three days a week, instead of spending 30 minutes driving to the gym and 30 minutes back, I've already done my workout and been able to start dinner or done my workout and been able to pick up the kids or whatever, whatever it is. So I think people are going to definitely be interested and take advantage of that uh, moving forward. But I think, I think it's good. I think it pushes people to establish that presence that before they kind of just looked at as a secondary, if, and when I get to it, it'll work kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, personally, I'm totally guilty of that. Like, <laughs> You're not the only one. There's a lot of people. Online coaching? No, absolutely not. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's there. There are, you know, uh, there are more people who don't want to be at the gym than are telling you um, if if you're a gym owner. Um, And some of those people might actually be coming to class. Um, I know I have already encountered some of those folks. I know Steph has as well, where, they just feel like this is, this is the, the best option, um, you know, and th- there's, there's going to be some, some disconnect too, or not disconnect, but you know, there's a group of people who aren't ready to come back to the gym. There's a group of people who cannot live without the gym and somebody, you know, in that, that, that like real time presence, here's what I want you to do. Here's how I want you to do it. Uh, service. And then there are people who, you know, are, are smack in the middle of both of those arenas. And it's, you know, and, and the biggest liability from a gym owner perspective is not serving the, that middle and, and other tier of the people who, who don't want to go to the gym, even if they're already in your gym yeah. right now. Well, cause those are the people that are going to leave if it doesn't go the way they want, if they don't have the experience they want. Right. Cause the people who, you explained in the other group, the diehard, your fire breathing, Kool-Aid drinking, like they've been there since the beginning people, they're not going anywhere ever. You could literally tell them to fuck off and they would still show up the next morning, 20 minutes before the 5 a.m. class because they love you and they're addicted to working out. Yeah. Like, so you don't need to serve those people. They will, they will be there. <laughs> yeah. And then that way you can just, you can keep doing what you're doing. I mean, you're making the the service better with, with, you know, safety in mind and the structure of the, even the structure of the room. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's the other folks that, who are, aren't sure or are absolutely sure that they don't want to be there, mm-hmm. um, that you have to, you have to touch, you, you have to, you have to find a way to reach them, even if it's you know, not, not your expertise or not something you've ever wanted to do. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Well, in closing, I'm going to have to split this episode up into two parts. This is a long Oh, one. yeah? <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to sit and listen to us banter for two straight hours, but we'll see. Uh, but in closing... Brogans of the fitness industry? Yeah, I don't think this is going to sell for $100 million. I don't think that's how it goes. I think that's what his deal was with Spotify. Oh, yeah, it was. It was yeah. for sure. But you know what? If anybody can pull it off, to you, it's, it's, uh, it's maybe you and me. I mean... <laughs> If we have to be more like Joe Rogan, it's going to require a lot more weed. It's going to require a lot more, <laughs> possibly morphine. I don't know what he's into, but whatever he uh, is into, it's going to require more of that if we're going to sit and talk to people for four hours at a time. Well, that means you're going to need to move to California, my friend. <laughs> hey, it's legal in Michigan, too. Let's just put oh, it that okay. way. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, then, then we're good. But uh, back to the topic, what's next for you? Is there anything on the horizon that you're excited about or that's new or maybe even challenging that you're trying to tackle right now? I'll tell you right now, I'm trying to keep each day in front of me. It's, uh, and, and I know a lot of people are having the same experience. The, the stress and the swings from day to day are, uh, you know, like draining to say that they're draining would be putting it nicely. Um, I think because, you know, we go from one day right now feeling like, okay, we have something we have, you know, we're, we're going forward. And the next day it changes wildly in the, in the other direction. And, and um, you, you know, to 
be forced to think about your day-to-day -day survival. Uh, you know, how, how, how we're all making money in this climate, um, you know, how we're continuing our careers, growing our careers. There are way more questions than answers. And so for me, uh, with just, you know, I'd say a moderate amount of success so far, I'm just trying to uh, wake up and deal with what's in front of me today. Um, so right now that's, that's working uh, at Performance 360, which is the group of gyms down here. Uh, and again, uh, it's, I, I couldn't be happier that I've, I found this community and, and found the guys who own it. Their care is evident. I'm absolutely uh, in the right place uh, working for them. And I, it's, I'm, I'm learning a lot. I'm really just really happy to, to coach class. And I say that almost every class, you know, to say hello to everyone, you know, how y'all doing? And they usually ask it in return. And I'm, I just say to everyone, like, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm, thanks. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for coming today. Uh, I know this is not what we're used to doing, but, but thank you. It, it helps everyone. You know, most of all you. So uh, continuing to, to teach for them, uh, helping um, my, my wife, Steph, with some of the things that, that she has uh, going on at, at her gym, thinking through that as a former affiliate owner and a, and a, and a CrossFitter, a lifelong CrossFitter myself. Um, so it's, to me, it's, it's very local. I find looking ahead and planning these days to be difficult, if not impossible. Yeah. Um, and I just, I hope that there's a point, if not this year, then, then next where uh, I feel like it's appropriate to begin looking up uh, and out long-term again to where I can, you know, think about the next stage of my career. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, to, to be on the ground coaching, teaching right now uh, is, is a gift. Uh, and so that's what I'm focused on. All right. Well, that being said, my next question then probably you already answered in a sense of if you were looking for that next, that next goal or that next bench, benchmark in your career, I was going to ask you what would it have been or what is it going to be? But considering that you're just looking at day to day, which obviously is completely understandable, that's probably on the back burner for now. And it's really just about what can you do in the moment to put you in the right frame of mind, right lane to then get to a point where you can start thinking about those things. Yeah. And, you know, I hope, I guess I hope in the long term that uh, my career really begins to to center on teaching. Um, I really have no uh, interest in ownership. Um, uh, it's, it's an experience I'm very grateful to have had, uh, but it wasn't something that I felt like I was, um, it's not something that I felt played to my strengths. And certainly that was a long time ago and I've learned a lot from since then and from uh, those mistakes enough to know now that my my passion is in teaching. So whether that's teaching classes on the ground currently or putting myself in position in the future to help develop coaches, uh, I think that would be, um, you know, that would be a, my, my, my greatest hope. And then beyond that, something you touched on a little bit earlier, I really uh, want to, to uh, use my platform in fitness to uh, help abused, neglected, underserved, underprivileged kids. Um, this is something that's been a passion of mine for, for years, uh, personally and professionally. And so if I have one hope, I guess, for myself for the future, uh, even beyond uh, developing a role in, in teaching itself, it would be to uh, merge fitness and child advocacy uh, in, into something that that helps these kids who are in uh, in 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 difficult, some cases dire situations, um, you know, find a way out. Yeah, that's awesome. And looping back now to present, is there anything right now that you're? And I probably already know the answer to this question that you're listening to, reading that is providing like insight or has that, that has changed the game for you in terms of a mindset perspective or anything along those lines? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm reading or, or actually rereading right now, 
um, a book that's, I think it's maybe 40 years old, uh, but it's called uh, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen, How to Listen So Kids Will Talk. Hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's a book for parents, um, obviously, but it's, and this is something I learned uh, via CrossFit Kids years ago when I when I took that course. Um, and something is so obvious. If, if you... Uh, if you know how to speak to children, then you can speak to adults. If you know how to yeah. teach kids, you can teach adults. Um, and so it, obviously it's in service to my long-term goal of, of uh, the, the field of child advocacy, but it's such uh, an, it, it's obviously a resource that I'm revisiting because of, uh, you know, it, being a coach, being a teacher, being a husband, being a friend, being an effective communicator is is one of the the best skills to have in any of those environments, and so um, yeah, I, I picked that up again last week, and I'm really happy I did because it's it's helping me right now. When our gyms in California were told on Monday that we were going to shut down on Wednesday, it's you know it's it's a heavy time, yeah, uh, and and so sort of brushing up on these skills of you know these communication and empathy and understanding uh is is i think it's it's been helping me a lot that's awesome i'm gonna have to check that out uh i yeah. thought for sure you were gonna say you don't read or listen to anything often <laughs> i thought for sure that was gonna be your response yeah i'm pretty uneducated <laughs> <laughs> not not in that way not in that way but I, I thought for sure it was gonna be you know i haven't read anything in a while but i probably should <laughs> uh, no, no, I've, you know, got a lot of time these days. Yeah. So it's uh, self-improvement comes in many forms. And right now it's the, the two big things for me are making sure that I get some fitness in uh, and I'm trying to read, stay off my fucking phone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that said, you're starting, you're getting into reading or you're rereading that. Is there anything else that you want to start incorporating into your day, into your life? but that you haven't yet or that you're not currently doing. Yeah. Meditation and breathing. Um, it's, you know, everybody who, who does some sort of meditation or breathing practice, I, I think, or most people would tell you that it's, it's a skill, uh, and something that takes time to, to develop. Um, but you know, for, uh, as someone who let's say, suffers from a busy mind um uh, especially in this time that is it's it's been an extremely frustrating process to to develop that skill and it's not something i'm even close to developing outside of uh, trying to be consistent with it but you know now i think being able to find center from day to day is it's, it's, it's a have to, it's something you have to be able to do. Um, and, and for me as well, in terms of, um, you, you know, my relationships and, and my, my mental health, my emotional health, that's you know, it, developing a, an effective meditation and breathing practice is, is pretty top on my list. Hell yeah. I like that. I don't think I, I would be the same way as you. I would struggle to develop that skill because I am not like, I couldn't even do yoga back in the day, let alone try to do just pure breathing exercises. Like when, you know, yeah. when instructors are saying like, connect your mind to your body and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, I'm so uncomfortable right now that I, it doesn't matter what I do with my mind. My body's not going to cooperate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, like hard. you said, I think it could, be of great benefit to, to myself as well. All right, dude. Well, literally we just jammed for two hours. Uh, anybody yeah. who wants to continue to search for you on social media or attempt to communicate with you in any way, even though it's, it's like searching for a needle in the haystack, where can they find you? Well, you know, you can find me if you know me and if you know me, you know where to find me. So <laughs> otherwise, uh, um, I'm on, you know, Twitter and Instagram, Instagram more than anything else. Uh, 307 Maine. Spoken like a That's... true 40 year old. You're on Twitter. 
Yeah, man. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't, I don't use, I, I don't think I have any tweets on there, but I do have three Instagram posts. So, um, you know, if you want to see a picture of my wife and I, a rowing machine and hey, that uh, rowing going, picture going is surfing. sweet. <laughs> that rowing picture was the best thing you've ever posted. Don't tell Steph oh, I thanks, said man. that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I won't. I'll tell you. And the, the Vin Diesel thing. quote made it that much better. It's true, man. You know, you know me. You're, I know you're the same. That uh, that rowing machine is a blessing and a curse. Oh, dude, I am fucking showing people up on that rowing machine at Orange Theory, even though it's a water rower. Oh, nice. They, they don't know nothing about rowing. rowing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's true. All right, dude. Well, awesome chatting. It was awesome to jam on all this stuff crossfit and uh hopefully we'll get you on here again in the near future to talk about one of the many things we uh avoided today because it would have just taken another four hours anytime and i have plenty of it these days so i really appreciate it d thank you all right we'll catch you next time hey guys thank you so much for listening to the podcast whether this is your first time tuning in or you're here with us each and every week we appreciate you guys so much and we want to thank you because without you, we could not do this each and every week. If you ever have any topics that you want us to cover, please send us a DM, shoot us a message on Facebook, send us an email and let us know. We are more than happy to look into those topics and present those topics for you here on this platform. If you enjoy what you're listening to, please head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, leave a comment in there as well. That is how we gain more recognition. That's how we appear in the search results. And that's ultimately how we reach more people and change more lives through this platform. As always, guys, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate you tuning in and we will see you next week.